All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Halfway through Monday afternoon, Sports 1440, live on Orders Nation YouTube. Man, things are just flying right by. I love it. I'm Jason Greger alongside uh, Connor Halley. Uh, TR will be back uh, next segment. I step out. He actually has a, an interview right now, so uh, it's nice. Uh, he's, he's multitasking as uh, we do the show. I love it. Um, but uh, that allows us to bring in our big guest of the day, brought to you by the JPHL, an academy style approach for U14, U15, and U18 hockey players with a focus on skill development and education. Learn more at Junior Prospects Hockey League dot. Calm as we are joined once again from uh, CBC and uh, One Soccer. Andy Petrillo joins us as she always does uh, every Monday. Andy, how you doing? How's the weekend? Uh, great. I'm going to try and not take it personally that TR stepped out during my segment. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, I missed the guy because he's been shooting his show. I was so excited to say hi. But I'm not going to take it personally. Yeah, yeah, he that. did. He did apologize. <laughs> it was a setup in He's actually a, he's doing an audition as we speak for another That's show. Cute. So yeah, it's oh, uh, hitches. Look hitches. At Hollywood actor. I know. Hey, eh? he's kind of Bobby Big Wheel right now. So uh, that is okay. good. That's uh, that's very good. <laughs> um, uh, let's talk about uh, a few things in the uh, in, in the footy world. Um, the uh, it's funny because uh, there is a connection to the Elks. When it comes to the CPL and uh, the potential of private ownership. And I know that Rick Lawless sure threw out a new stadium and how maybe could we have an owner potentially that comes in and has that football team and then down the road they get the stadium and then they team up with the CPL. How, how realistic do you think that would be? 
Uh, well, I think if the, if that Edmonton group can get that private ownership group, um, I think it could be very realistic. But I also know it's going to be tough because what I'm learning in this sports world, whenever you want to start a team, start a league, the biggest challenge oftentimes is the venue. I mean, we even know this too, even with hockey teams that want to just stay in certain places. It's always the venue. Um, and in particular in Canadian markets, Jason, we're just – our government system is a lot different than the American government system. And what I mean by that as well is there's kind of some less red tape. They're more willing to give money to the world of sports. In Canada, we're um, a lot more conservative. We don't really like giving public funding to put up a sports venue or fund a sports team of any kind. But what I would say to this is like there, there are pros and cons. The pro, like I said, half the battle is trying to get a venue. So if the Edmonton Eddies, whatever they end up being called, yeah can come back in the Canadian Premier League and a venue is there and they become a tenant, of course that's exceptional. That's great. Get another, get that Canadian team back, I should say, not get another. They were the longest standing soccer team in this country before sadly having to fold because the ownership group ran out of funds. I went to where they played, by the way, because we were there a couple years ago for the men's qualifying for the World Cup out of, you know, Commonwealth Stadium. It was bad. Like, I don't even know what else to say. It was bad. It was just so bad, Jason. So if they can get, like, a proper venue, uh, the cons, I would say, and it really is dependent on collaboration, oftentimes, if the soccer side doesn't have a say in the construction and the football side gets all their way, uh, it could be really a really bad pitch. Sometimes you can still see the football lines, the gridiron lines, and you're trying to play a soccer match. That can't be good. Um, So as long as they make it, a type of venue that can work for both. I think this is really good news. I would say a for Edmonton, like anyone who's a CFL team, but yeah, if you're definitely a soccer fan and getting a CPL team back, maybe making a stadium that's a little bit smaller, not as cavernous, reduce the seats, make it feel full. Um, because again, any CPL fans out there, they know that Forge FC who shares um, Tim Wharton's field with the Hamilton Ticats they're one of the most, they are the most successful CPL team. It's too big, too, too big. Valor FC, they share with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, right? At IG Field, too big. Yeah. Even if they get like 3,000 fans, 4,000 fans, which can be, you know, still in the, in the decent range for uh, for the CPL, it looks abysmal on yeah. TV when you're looking at like a 20,000, you know, seat stadium. So I, I think this could be really good, but I also think, it could be, you know, a few years down the road. Hopefully Edmonton gets a team before then. Yeah, a smaller venue, you know, 10,000 is probably uh, the ideal one. Yeah. And then you build it up to it. And, yeah, you want to go to that side. Um, pretty uh, disappointed. I haven't talked to you since it happened. Um, you know, Canada huh. wins leg one and then kind of gas, well, not kind of, definitely gases it at home in leg two against Jamaica, uh, despite getting the early goal from Alfonso Davies, which put him up technically three to one. Uh, overall, they end up losing that uh, 4-4, but they give up th- more goals on the road, so uh, they lose. What do you think this means for uh, uh, for their head coach? Is, is he out as the head coach, or are they just going to look at this and, and not overreact to it? Like, what, what do you make of his situation in that whole um, two-game series for Canada? Yeah, I don't really want to relive it. I'm glad you kind of did that um, brief, you know, kind of explanation of what happened because it was catastrophic. It was absolutely horrible. And quite frankly, um, I, I, we still don't have an explanation for it. This is supposed to be a, che- a team that's challenging on a consistent basis. And that was a complete capitulation. I mean, how do you have a 3-1 lead and then, then the final 45? You give up three goals. You yeah. give up three goals. 
Um, it's unacceptable. I would say that there are a lot of people who would feel like Mauro Biello, who was named as the interim head coach, was never going to get the job to begin with, or at least they felt it was always a long shot and that he really needed to blow the socks off of everybody to, um, you know, be given the reins permanently uh, to reiterate what we're waiting for is Canada soccer hiring a, a general secretary right now. Jason DeVos is the interim. They expect to have this announcement sooner rather than later, hopefully by the first week, I would say the first week of January, um, because, you know, you've got to turn things around here with this team, get that general secretary in somebody who's going to take control of the federation. And then that person has to name a head coach to take control of this team. Um, And and I think Mauro Biello, sadly, and I really like him. This is a guy who's been an assistant coach with the men's national team for a few years now. I you know, had the pleasure of interviewing him and meeting him for the first time when he was a head coach in Major League Soccer with CF Montreal. This is a lovely human being. I don't think he got it right uh, in these games. I think a lot of us were willing to go, okay, Japan, that is a great A team. Mm-hmm. 4-1 was the final. That was even generous. Um, but, you know, <laughs> against uh, Jamaica, we know this was huge. This was supposed to, like, the, this was their first chance to qualify into Copa America. It was to get into the final four of CONCACAF Nations League. You can't keep talking about an, a federation who wants to win trophies. And then you don't even put yourself in the tournament that will win you the trophy, make the final four. And a lot of that you can, sadly, Jason, I mean, yes, a lot of it falls on the shoulders of the players. They didn't show up. Um, I know you only have X amount of minutes for my segment here, so I won't go on to a complete tirade. But sadly, some of it was also the decisions made by the coach, the substitutions, yeah. player personnel. Like it was, it, it was, it was tough. And uh, I think what you kind of need is somebody who doesn't have a connection to anybody on this team. So again, the players do have a chance to qualify for Copa America. It's a one and done game, March twenty third. They play Trinidad and Tobago. They have to win that game or they will not qualify for Copa. It will greatly hurt their preparation for 2026 World Cup. But more than anything, Jason, it'll hurt their chance to use a lot of the younger players that they would hope will be around for 2026. So that's what I mean by you need a coach who's going to come on in. And I hate to say this, but like not care about relationships. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't care that you've been with the team for five years. I don't care that you were part of that incredible world cup qualifying run. If you ain't cutting it, you ain't cutting it. So you need somebody to come in and be a little ruthless. So um, that's what I would expect because that March 23rd game, um, if they make Copa, then they have another international friendly in the summer. You need someone who's not going to maybe feel bad about making decisions because of their relationships with players. Andy Petrillo joins us uh, talking all things soccer. Andy, the uh, the women play two more games uh, before the year ends. Um, some interesting uh, news about the, the women's national team. I guess let's start with the bad news. Uh, Julia Grossi mm-hmm. got injured her ankle. She's out indefinitely. Um, what, what do you like? How indefinite are we talking? Like, she gonna is she missing all of next year? What are you hearing? Well, this the injury just happened on the weekend. In fact, I think it even just happened Sunday. So she plays for Juventus. And, uh, you know, she was the midfielder of the year last year. This is somebody who logs a lot of minutes out in that Italian league. And they just said she had an ankle injury, and the latest was just out indefinitely. So she'll miss this window, which is really disappointing. A couple times now, Bev has used her off the bench. But this is somebody who provides so much depth for that midfield that, um, you know, this is a really huge loss 
to not have Julia Grosso. And uh, unlike the men's team, where maybe you're trying to find some younger players to fit into some certain things, even though Bev will experiment with some players, their team is pretty much their team for the Olympics next year. So to, you know, hopefully this is not um, really bad ligament damage. And anytime I hear anything about the ankle, Jason, I mean, we know this, like we hear this in hockey all the time, like a high ankle sprain and right away we go, oh no, right? Because we never know when you're going to come back from that. The ankle also can be really tricky. Uh, it takes forever to heal. Sometimes it requires surgery. Like it's just a really, it's just one of those areas on the body where you're like, oh no, because it, it could be a week. It could be three months. So we don't know yet. This injury is pretty fresh for Julia Grosso, but I really hope she can get back in time because the playing time for her is also crucial to prepare for the Paris Olympics. Now, speaking of playing time, uh, uh, Buchanan and Lawrence aren't getting a lot of time in Chelsea. Is that a concern at all for you? It's a concern and it's also a head scratcher because Kadisha Buchanan is one of the best center backs in the women's game. Um, Ashley Lawrence, you can argue, is just one of the best midfielders. Oftentimes she's been used as a, as a fullback for Canada. We love her further up the pitch. Uh, and in those games, uh, by the way, that they've also recently played her, playing a little bit more of that wingback role, going up the pitch, sending the ball into the box. You know, a couple goals were scored off of that crucial, those two games against Jamaica for them to qualify for the Olympics. She was huge. Uh, and these are also players, by the way, who have won things. Like they both played um, in uh, in the French league before they made the move to Chelsea. So we're talking PSG, Lyon. I mean, Kadisha Buchanan's won Champions League like five times. Yeah. Um, you know, Ashley Lawrence is right up there as well in winning league titles. Like these are players who logged consistent minutes, starting role minutes, 90 minutes, full games. They make this move to Chelsea. As Canadians, we're all excited. They join Jesse Fleming. Uh, Jesse Fleming as well is a little hit and miss in the lineup, although she's pretty much played more out of the eight matches that Chelsea's played. She's been in six of them, not always as a starter. But Kadisha Buchanan's played twice. You know, Ashley Lawrence has also played like a few times here and there, again, not as a starter. And don't really know what's going on. Emma Hayes, we talked about her last week, Jason. Like She's the Chelsea manager who's now been named the head coach of the United States women's national team. So she's going to leave her post. Is this Emma Hayes just having certain players she likes? And if she leaves, will it change for the Canadians? Uh, but to me, it's just very baffling that, you know, for Kadisha Buchanan and Ashley Lawrence in particular, two stalwarts in the game are suddenly not cracking a lineup in Chelsea. And this is, this is going to be a conversation till the cows come home in the world of soccer, you know, Canadians, you always want to play your, your, your soccer in the best places. And right now that is Europe. But the biggest challenge is if you're not cracking the lineup and you're not getting the minutes, is it really best for you? Mm -hmm. And I know some people will say, well, just being in that environment and training in that environment is awesome. Yeah. Okay. I would say if you're 17, 18, maybe even 19, but when you're now like your early to mid twenties, when you've consistently represented your country at the World Cup and at the Olympics, I don't care about your training environment. I want you playing. I want you getting minutes because if you don't get it, you know, at some point that can do something to your confidence. If your confidence is shot, what does that mean when you show up to the national team? So it's uh, it's concerning and it's also just head scratching because I just don't know how Kadisha Buchanan as well, one of the best center backs, could just completely fall off the earth with Chelsea. Yeah, no, I, well, I, I, you know more about it. I just kind of was uh, interested by the uh, the lack of playing time, and I'm like, who yeah. knows? But it, it it does show you that 
Um, every everybody has a certain bias, right or wrong, and uh, and even coaches don't necessarily play uh, who's maybe always the best player, just because you know in their eyes they view the other players better, and it's a it's a strange thing, and that's why some coaches end up uh, losing their job and move on. But uh, you know, I don't care who you are at what level, you need to play. The more you play, the better you get. Yeah. It's just that simple. So uh, exactly. I, I wonder if now I don't know like what's. Asking for a trade, asking you know for a transfer, Andy. How how regular is that in the women's game, and how often have you seen it happen? They can do it. They can definitely do it. I mean, the best example of uh, well, there's two examples, but you know, Jordan Heidema was at PSG. In fact, she became the first Canadian woman to right out of high school go pro, and she went there, and she was young, so she was a teenager, and even though she wasn't getting minutes with PSG. It was a, that that was a good like, OK, training environment. You see how the pros do it. High level being exposed to certain things. hundred percent. But even for Heidema, um, it affected her national team play. And I remind people she was you know supposed to be. The, she's a tall girl. She's a forward striker. She's supposed to be scoring goals. And she completely fell off the face of the air to the point where she was not named to Canada's Olympic squad for Tokyo. She was not named. It was only because of COVID when they expanded the roster number that she got named. So that's how much it hurt her. And that was her breaking point. And she went, forget this. And she made the move to the National Women's Soccer League, NWSL. She plies her trade with O.L. Reign. She gets minutes. Um, they made the playoffs. So she's, you know, she's starting to get her confidence back. She's getting her playing time back. And we're seeing that now trickle down again to the national team where she seems to have found a starting role or is at least a relied upon player by Bev to come off the bench. And then there's Adriana Leon. You know, this is somebody who played for um, West Ham and then made the move to Manchester United. Again, we're all freaking out Mm -hmm. because Manchester United and doesn't get any playing time. And it's like, what, what happened? So she too kind of put her foot down, made the move, went to the NWSL uh, and then from there, you know, tried to try to get back uh, into form. And now she's made the move back to Europe and she's playing with Aston Villa and she's getting regular minutes. So, yeah, it happens. And in th- those are the two most recent cases for the Canadian women in particular. OK, awesome stuff, Andy. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, I will pass on hello to TR and uh, he will uh, he's in filmings, but uh, he hopes to be back next Monday. Fingers crossed. And at that, when he gets that Academy Award, he's got to give some sort of thank you to us. I feel like we've, we've done something. It's true. Yes, exactly. I would agree for sure. (laughs) Thanks, Andy. Appreciate your time. See ya. That's uh, Andy Petrillo joining us from uh, CBC and of course, uh, one soccer. So. A lot of texts going in. Hey, Gregs, I love the fact you guys have a soccer segment uh, every week. I'm a big soccer fan, but I always learn something from Andy. Keep it up. And that one comes from uh, Dan. We'll appreciate that. Dan, Andy's great. I love having her on. She's prepared. She's fired up. She knows what she's talking about. And most importantly, she's never afraid to share her opinion, which is uh, fantastic. Uh, 424, when we come back, Dan Rosen will join us. Uh, we'll talk about the uh, National Hockey League. Of course, the Minnesota Wild. Out, Dean Evason. In, John Hines. Will it make a difference? When you're uh, when you got 50 million dead calf space, can you really be competitive? Well, I guess they were last year, but is it sustainable? Is my question. Uh, I would question that. Uh, also, the uh, Eastern Conference, one team that do they really need anything, or are they the deepest team in the NHL? We'll discuss it next on the Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Welcome back, to the Jason Gregor Show on Sports 1440. Live on Orders Nation YouTube. How you doing? It's the Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. You can always get involved. Text us 833-401-1440 in our Jiffy Lube inbox. 
Be wise, winterize, get in now, get an oil change, your car will thank you, plan ahead, and uh, support local, jiffylubeservice.ca. And interesting, you have 100, you have the team with the 6th and the 11th most points in the NHL last year. And both of them fired their coach before game 20. Crazy, of course, the orders did it uh, seven games ago, and the Minnesota Wild did it. This afternoon, as we go around the NHL, brought to you by McDonald's. And, oh, baby, stop in right now at McD's and get the McPick Small Combos. Tasty Junior Chicken or the McDouble with small fries and a small fountain drink for only five seventy nine plus tax. Only at McDonald's, as uh, Dan Rosen uh, joins us uh, once again to uh, talk all things uh NHL and uh, Dan, I know there was uh, some rumblings, of course, that uh, you know maybe Dean Evison was on the hot seat. People were speculating, maybe, maybe not. Well, Bill Guerin um, pulled the trigger today, and you know I look at it. I mentioned Woodcroft earlier, and now Dean Evison, uh, guys who were uh, you know considered very good coaches last year, had very good records with their team. But I guess it's a it's a win now, and and even if your your management. You know, maybe it doesn't like in the case of uh, Minnesota, you know, uh, handcuffs you with 15 million bucks in dead cap space. Uh, you didn't cause it, but it becomes your problem. And so John Hines is in. What do you make of the move? Well, I mean, not surprising, to be honest with you, because I'll give you the two numbers that, you know, we'll get a coach fired every single time. 3.95, that was in goals against per game, and 66.7, that is in your penalty kill. If your team can't keep the fuck out of the net, you're not going to keep your job. Uh, and that's pretty much, I mean, that, look, that's why Woodcroft got it, right? And that's why Dean Everson gets it. Uh, I don't want to pin it all on goaltending, but the wild goaltending has not been good this season. It was really good last season. Uh, and their defense was good last season. They survived on that. You know, their offense wasn't that great. They still don't have a number one center. Uh, they got a bunch of twos and threes. If they don't have a number one, and that's what $15 million in cap space that's dead will do. You can't get one of those unless you draft one and develop it, and it takes time to do that, uh, unless you get the top pick in the draft, and then that's different, right? But they didn't because they've been in the playoffs. But when your goaltending lets you down and your defense lets you down and your penalty kill is part of that, you're not going to keep the job. And that's really where they're at right now, so it's not surprising at all to me. Uh, unfortunate, no question about it, but not surprising at all to me. Uh, that it happened. And to be honest with you, I thought Dean Everson lasted longer under Bill Guerin than I thought it was going to be, but they kept winning. They kept getting in the playoffs. He didn't hire him. Yeah. He inherited him. Yeah, and that's a valid point. Um, John Hines, you know, in New Jersey was okay. You know, I guess they had some success uh, more so in in Nashville a little bit as far as at least making the playoffs. They didn't do much when they got there, unfortunately for him. Um, what do you make of John Hines uh, as a hire? You know, the NHL, they recycle coaches. Obviously, it's a, it's a hard job. He has experience. I think, you know, Minnesota, Bill Guerin probably didn't feel like, hey, I don't want to go to a rookie head coach. But, you know, what do you make of Hines? And what do you think he can bring to Minnesota, not overnight, but down the road? Well, I think he and Bill Guerin have history together, if I'm correct. They both were in Wilkes-Barre uh, in the AHL together in the Pittsburgh Penguins organization. I believe that is the case. So there is there is a known quantity there for Bill Guerin. He knows what he's getting. He knows the guy. Um, John Hines, by the way, I will say, is now a former NHL.com staff writer. <laughs> he was doing our coach's room for us. Uh, 
And I was actually working with him on that. And to be honest, you know, I've known John since he was coaching in New Jersey. Uh, got to know him a little bit, doing a coach's room stuff with him this season, um, working with him on that. He's a smart guy. This guy knows the game. He's a smart guy. Um, he, you know, in New Jersey, they had the one year where Taylor Hall blew up and they were great. Uh, but otherwise, he was really didn't inherit a very good team there. Uh, and Nashville, sort of a team in the middle, right? And they're kind of what the Minnesota Wild are right now, is a team in the middle. Uh, but I think the key thing that Hines has to do is he's got to be able to go in there and cut the – they've got to cut down the goals against by one. I mean, they need a full goal against per game down if they're going to do anything this season because you're looking at almost four per game. You're not going anywhere if you're, if you're there. You've got to be around three or less for a game. So they have to do that and they have to improve the penalty kill. It's very obvious the things that he has to do. Um, and if he can get those things done in the, in the, in a quick way, they'll be in the hunt because nobody's really running away with it there. They're in, at least in that third spot. I mean, we know Colorado, we know Dallas, but that third spot in that division seems up for grabs and they're way behind now in the Minnesota Wild. But you got to get that done. You got to get the goal sending in line. You got to get the defense in line. The structure has to be in line. Hines is a structured guy, and I think he's a structured coach. But I honestly, I, I don't see there the lack of a of a. They have a playmaker, and obviously Kaprizov, who to me doesn't look great, doesn't look right this season. Maybe he's a little injured. I don't know. But they need more offense. But the key thing here is they really need to buckle down defensively and need to figure out how to win three two games. Hard to do in today's NHL uh, more than ever yeah. uh, to to win in the the three two games. And, you know, I, I look. I wonder if their back end is uh, is good enough. Obviously, you know Spurgeon coming back. That's uh, that that's going to help their team. Uh, no question. He's, he's been back for six games, but you know you're playing catch up for him a little bit. But um, I, I just wonder. And like fifty million dollars, Dan is still fifty million dollars. That's a lot of players you could sign. And when you got that much dead cap space, like I was impressed. I thought Minnesota really kind of overachieved last year with all that dead cap space. I just think it's difficult to overcome it a few years in a row. Well, it's, listen, it, it's hard to be consistently good when you don't have a number one center and you don't have a number one defenseman. And why don't you have a number one center or a number one defenseman? Well, I mean, we can look at a number of different reasons. They haven't been drafting in a great position to be able to acquire those things in the draft, or at least sure things in the draft, because they keep winning. They keep them right in the middle, right? A middle, yeah. to, middle to higher end. So you're not going to get there. And then when you have 15 million in dead cap space, it's almost impossible to do it because that's two really good players that you do not have. I'm not saying that Suter and Parisi would be worth the 15 million. I understand why they did it. They can't take that back now. But when they did it, they knew what they were getting into. This was not a surprise to them. These were the hard times that we knew when this happened that they were going to have to fight through. And I agree with you. I think they overachieved. Gustafson came around last season and was terrific, right? Flurry was really good. The defense was solid because even if you don't have that, Caprizov was amazing last season, okay? There yeah. was that. But even if you don't have that layered offensive attack, one line to the next to the next, you can roll over. And if you can defend and you can keep the puck out of the net and you have a chance, that's been their biggest problem, as I said earlier, you know, this season. They haven't been able to do that, and they're not good enough to outscore their defensive deficiencies. That's what having 15 million in dead cap space will do for you. Dan Rosen joins us. Dan, is it too easy to say the Devils are just going to fire right back up uh, because Jack Hughes is back and, you know, Heischer's back and Meyer's getting closer? Like, it is, is not that the injuries are an excuse, 
But hey, you miss your top three forwards, and all of a sudden they come back. Uh, you're going to be a better team, or is there other concerns with how they were losing without their best players? Well, listen, when you don't have your best, your top two centers, and your top two centers are two of the better centers in the league. One who was, who was an MVP on his way to an MVP season before he got hurt, he's playing that good. It's, you're going to take a hit. I think you know. Also, with the Devils, the play in front of the goaltenders has not been very good. And they'll be the first to tell you that, that it's been a little haywire, a little too much haywire. I remember talking to Lindy Ruff at the draft in Nashville. And we were talking about, you know, the team. And, and he even said to me, well, it's going to be harder. Because remember, last year, the Devils, really until Christmas, were the team that everybody was looking at going, eh, are they for real? Yeah. Maybe they saw a few backup goalies, this, that, and the other, right? And then it was like, whoa, they are for real. And at that point, they were rolling. They were confidence was as high as ever. This season, they weren't getting anybody's backup goals, right? I mean, unless it's a back-to-back. This season, they're getting everybody's best. People know how fast they are. People know how good they are. And they added in the offseason to make themselves even better. And it, they've taken some punches now along the way here. And the injuries obviously have hurt them, too. I think it's too easy to say that they're just going to rise up and be, be great again. Because the, the division looks good, the Eastern Conference is loaded, uh, and it's not going to be that easy. But they should be better, and they should—they're far more dangerous. They are a team, unlike the Minnesota Wild, who can outscore their defensive deficiencies at times uh, because of the offense that they have, the explosive offense they have. The other thing is too, their defense is not as good as it was last season. I mean, they—they they took a hit there too. Damon Peterson was an underrated defenseman for them, and he's not there anymore. Ryan Graves took up a lot of space. He's not there anymore. Um, I'm not saying anything about Luke Hughes. Luke Hughes is a terrific player. He's going to be for a long time. But, again, he's not that type of player either. Yeah. Dan Rosen uh, joins us from NHL.com. Dan, the New York Rangers are, are on fire. they got an elite goalie. they got a really good defense core. Uh, their forwards are producing. Do you see any area that that team would really like to upgrade before the deadline? Right now, no. <laughs> um, to be honest with you, no. I mean, they've been able to continue to win without Adam Fox in the lineup. He should be likely back Wednesday when he's eligible to come off long-term in the reserve. He's been a full participant. In he was a full participant at the morning skate. No red, no contact jersey. So I'm guessing he plays. But they've been able to do it without him which is pretty impressive. They've been able to do it without Filipino, who is skating on his own now. Uh, they've both, both been out since November 2nd, and the Rangers really have not missed a beat. I don't see an area right now where I would look if I were Chris Drury and be like, if the trade deadline were today or tomorrow, where do we need? I don't see it. I think okay. you tinker too much, you blow your chemistry. And I think the Rangers tinkered a lot last year, and it blew their chemistry, even though in paper they look great. And I think it should be a lesson learned. We'll see where they are come January, February. If injuries or inconsistent play somewhere along the line uh, comes up to bite them. But for the first quarter of the season, I do not see an area where the Rangers say, no, we need that. They have that. Dan, from afar, what do you make of the Edmonton orders? Uh, they're playing better. Looks like Connor McDavid is back to being Connor McDavid. A little bit of a market correction. I still don't trust that they'll be able to consistently keep the puck out of the net. You can you can get hot. I expected them to get hot. Uh, they were, you know, I mean, they're too offensive, too, too good that, in that area 
to not have a, a, a bit of a hot streak here as cold as they were. But again, I'm not sold that this is a team that can make up the ground it has to make up. Uh, I'm not sold that this is a team that can play consistently excellent defense in order to do that. So from afar, I have a lot of reservations. There are a lot of the same reservations I had about the Oilers going into the season. It just went in the wrong direction too far, probably in the first quarter of the season. And it's coming back a little bit, but they're coming back to the middle, which is Really, I you know with the goaltending and the defense that they have, kind of where I, you know, maybe I'm alone in that, but I didn't think that they were, uh, you know, going to win the Stanley Cup this season with with uh, the way they defend and and uh, the way they protect the net. You know, like people look and say, well, Aiden Hill won the Stanley Cup, yeah, but look at the way Vegas defended, right? And you look at the way they protected that area in front of him and how good he was when he had to make the saves. The Oilers ask way too much of their days, and frankly, they're not good enough to, to deliver on all that they have. Dan, we appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Uh, enjoy the rest of the uh, season. We'll talk to you again throughout, of course. All right, dude. Appreciate it, man. Take care. There you go. That is Dan Rosen from NHL.com. We'll come back. Uh, five questions when we return to the Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Oh, the wonders of technology in 2023. Welcome back to The Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. We're coming to you live in the E-Well studio, E-W-E-L.ca. Your uh, one-stop shop, your uh, great electrical wholesaler. Where everything you need electrical, they have it. The uh, the wonders of technology in 2023. So uh, our uh, regular Tuesday uh, co-host, who's, uh, you know what, he's hot right now. He's like, Hansel is so hot right now. Uh, obviously, uh, Hitch is uh, doing well in Shorzy. So uh, TR was uh, doing actually uh, an interview. So you were doing an interview for another potential role, correct? Is that what that was? Well, it was, I was just doing an audition. audition yeah, agent, yeah. I have an agency now in Toronto. It's called Ambition Talent um, with Megan McGuire and David Ritchie. So they see something that they think is good for me or I have a chance at, or even just to get experience. Sometimes I don't, but he's my agent or they are my agents. And, you know, they want me to get some practice they hire me acting coaches, stuff like that, you know? So today was a, um, I'm going to give too much away. It's, it's a show. It's a show that's on TV now. A lot of people would have heard of it. And it was for three episodes. I guess there's some sort of a natural disaster and this guy comes in and, um, has a son and has kind of got to deal with the situation all while oh, being a little, good dad. Little so, dr- little drama kind of show. A little bit. Oh, so three yeah. different scenes, all that required a little bit of a different emotion. So oh, yeah. you, sometimes it's one scene. You know, I've had to answer the phone. That's it. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> yeah, there might be, you know, when it comes to a character that might, it might be pretty light fluff. Maybe you get one or two. Usually if it's three, then there's a little bit of depth to the guys so i had already done the other two and that's why i just i, I knew what i was going to do i had to kind of think about it all right you know, as you often do you know it's like there and once you send it in you send it and it's a difference well it's a job so ha- have you gotten better at auditioning yeah yeah i've gotten better at auditioning but a lot is lighting you got to do like a tail slate at the beginning you know like terry ryan six foot one 200 pounds from st john's newfoundland reading for so-and-so this is my agent uh, and this is where I'll be living at the time, whatever, right? Because there's a lot of zoning stuff, too. So I have a permit to work in Ontario and Newfoundland, and there are other tweaks, but for those places, it's easy. Um, and then... So you couldn't just come and film in, 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 in Alberta? 
There's regulations for that? Yeah, I'm loose, but yeah, oh, I mean, I didn't know that. I yeah, it's it's the same as when I work on crew. Like I can come here and do it because I have a permit. It took me like a year to get the crew one to work in Ontario. When a show like Shorzy wants you, I mean, he can they they can reach to wherever. I mean, it, it's it's like getting your um, visa to work in the states for a year. You're a hockey player. You can prove that I can do this yeah. job as a Canadian as they're scouting me. You know better than any locals down here. That's the word, you know, not always, but that's usually the word. That's how you get your gig. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there's a little bit of that going on. Like I said, I, I, I acted in a, a one Lifetime movie like I was a, one of the main characters. I was a bad guy. Well, in the movie, it was presented as the United States. But, you know, of course, the company moved up to Newfoundland for a spell and we did it up there. And there's all kinds of in, ins and outs, T's to cross and I's to dot. But usually, yes, if you're an actor from a certain region, you're protected somewhat. Yeah. All right. There you go. Nice. Now, let's get to uh, five questions brought to you by the uh, the Brick and their uh, Black Friday uh, last chance sale uh, continues on now. Save up to $1,500 off sectionals, 25% off uh, bedroom and dining furniture, and, of course, even 25% off home entertainment furniture and fireplaces right now at the Brick and the Brick.com. <laughs> It's time for five questions on the Jason Greger Show. All right, guys, in the last couple of games when the Oilers have uh, looked like their old selves, so what is one thing that has stood out to you the most in a positive fashion? Uh, for me, they weren't squeezing their sticks. They looked the flow. They weren't thinking about it, and they looked like a well-oiled machine. Some of those, they were tic-tacking that puck around. They were passing that puck around so efficiently, it almost looked like flow drills in practice when when you were watching them last night. Yeah. Uh, I will say that the thing that stood out to me was that they didn't get rattled after the first five minutes that looked a little chaotic, right? And uh, then they just kind of locked it down. They didn't give up a lot afterwards. And the other thing I liked, when they were up, they just kept attacking. In the in the third period, without giving, they kept attacking without just playing loosey goosey and giving up chances. They just kept attacking, and I've never understood. Oh, let's just sit back now. Why you've been killing the team by attacking? Why would you change it? God, that's I never understood that philosophy ever in my life. Have confidence that hey guys, we're playing well. They were. I could see if you were up four nothing, but we're giving up tons of chances. You say okay, let's stop giving up chances, but they weren't giving up chances. and They were murdering them. So uh, I like that they just stuck to the plan. Question two, you guys touched on it a little bit, so I'll add something at the end. Uh, but what are the chances you think McDavid finds a way to lead the league in scoring by the end of the season? And where do you think Leon Draisaitl will end up in the scoring race? Well, I think the chances are uh, are pretty good, Connor Halley. And I hope they're uh, really good because that would increase my chances of shaving off uh, my head after three months. That would be amazing. So uh, I know what people have uh, been asking, hey, Gregor, when, uh, why are you wearing a hat? Well, I always wear a hat anyway, um, lots of times during the show. But uh, it's it's not growing out enough to, to really be seen that you can mock it yet, which, uh, you know what? So to me, uh, I'll let you see it when it's it's worth it to the point where it's humorous to you. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what I'll say about that. So I will say, yes, I do believe McDavid will uh, will win the scoring title. Um, I just think he's that good. He was 40 points ahead of David Pasternak, who was third last year. He didn't spot anybody 40 points here to, to make up. So for him to make up 10 points in 60 games, I don't think there are 62 games. I don't think that's very difficult. And I say uh, Leon Dreisaitl will 
Uh, he's not far behind either. I'll say Dreisaitl finishes. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Third, but probably second. Well, I made a bet just over a week ago that they finish one, two. So <laughs> I just think it's a good time to cash in on the Oilers. I really do. I had the Oilers making the playoffs, which I still think is a layup. And I had them one, two, and I'm going to go with my gut. And when do I think? I think I said earlier, the 50, 50 game mark in between 50, 60 for sure. And Dreisaitl, I really think is going to do it. He's going to be number two in scoring. All right. Put this on a scale of one to 10. Oh, what is your level of confidence in Stuart Skinner as they head into tomorrow night's game against the Vegas Golden Knights? Well, it's good I'm not thinking about it. At first, it was the first thing I would think about. Um, but I always had more confidence than than it would have seemed. Um, I'm still not going to go huge, though. I guess I'll go a six. You know, I, 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 He's not making me think about the utterly brutal play of the uh, goalies for the first 20 games. But uh, I think he's turned it around somewhat, and he's a confident guy. So I think uh, we're in for better days. Yeah, six a good number. Um, you know, the start of last game, you're just like, oof, right? Um, so Vegas, it's their third game in four nights. They're banged up. I would think Edmonton will want to be emotionally charged up because they need wins, but also the team that they're facing is, I think rivalries are built in the playoffs and then stoked in further regular season games, right? There's that animosity that'll be there, so... I'll say I think the team in front of them will play better, so I'll give it a 6.5. Question number four. The report came out today that apparently the Toronto Blue Jays are at least a little bit in the running for Shohei Otani, although it seems unlikely. What do you think the odds are that this could happen? Well, here. Um, go ahead, Terry. Uh, I don't think they're great. Um, the Jays always seem to... I think they'll be in on it. I think they'll half-heartedly go about it so we 
I'll give them a pass for justifying their jobs, but I just don't, and I, I, I don't know, who knows? Like maybe I'm down on the Jays because I keep cheering for them and they keep letting me down. But the other thing, I don't know, from Otani's perspective, do you think he's going to go there? You think he came over here and here's these stories about the New York and, and LA, these big cities, the Yankees and the angels. I mean, he might go back there yet. I just don't know. Toronto. Yeah, sure. Where's that again? I don't know. There's snow there. Sure. I think I'll, put all my eggs in that basket. I just don't see it happening. I hope it does, but I don't see it happening. Two. Two out of ten. All right. Um, TR, I'll let you look at my uh, hairline right now. I think the odds of Otani signing in Toronto are about the same as the the two sides of my head meeting in the middle and actually having hair there. Right? Zero. Uh, okay, see that? Zero chance, oh, yeah. buddy. It's not happening. So I would... Uh, <laughs> I love it, by the way. I can't wait. Oh, God. Oh, if anything else... If anything else, I just can't wait till this plays itself out in uh, another three weeks, four weeks. Well, yeah, no. Like right now, so he doesn't look that bad yet, but it's, uh, you know, it's got the little sprouts. But uh, in, in about like at the month mark, that's uh, that's when it's going to start looking awful. But I'll tell you right now, the chances of Otani signing in Toronto are about the same <laughs> as uh, my hair growing yeah, in the middle exactly. of my head. Exactly. The YouTube feed thanks you, Gregor. They wanted to see that. The final question for you guys today. It is the late Bruce Lee's birthday. So in honor of him, do you have a favorite Kung Fu film of all time? Oh, God. Is, yes, it's me. Um, okay, I, I do. I have a few I guess I'll mention. There's one that I, I think is a diamond in the rough that I recommend. It's called Police Story. It's with Jackie Chan. It's about 1985. Okay. Um. I don't know where that lands historically on the critics list, but it's real good. And I saw it recently and I loved it. Um, the Matrix, uh, Kung Fu Hustle. I'm going to go with a movie called The Raid, uh, The Ra- Raid Brackets Redemption. I think it's about 2010. It's Indonesian, but it goes not but. I mean, lots of it's just we don't get a chance to see these world movies a lot. But I know in the stunt world, we were talking stunts earlier. My guest yesterday was Cam Fergus, an uh, ex-hockey player, 53 goals in the queue. Now he's a stunt man. Well, a lot of stunt people will tell you that they watch that movie as a modern classic. Uh, I, it's expertly paced, and if you're just watching – to see stunts, to see martial arts, I highly recommend it. Mm, all right. So, Cons, does it have to be a Kung? Because I'll be honest, I can't tell the difference. Like, can I just go mix martial arts? Can like, a yeah, karate? sure. Let's doesn't say it, combat. It doesn't have to be Kung Fu. Okay, good. Because I was like, I don't even know what the Kung Fu. I don't even know if the movie I like is Kung Fu. Like, uh, like the Karate Kid as a kid. Happy, my man. Um, uh, good luck filming this week, and uh, we will talk to you on uh, Thursday after the uh, Oilers will be setting up the Winnipeg Jets, and uh, we'll see. Will the Oilers be on a three-game winning streak? Sixty percent of the way, Tr. Sixty percent of the way dare to dream to five okay we'll see hey thanks for having me and uh yeah it's good to be an oilers fan uh this this time of year um i'm going out right now not that you asked but i gotta give it a plug uh two guys in the show brandon and, and jordan nolan okay their father ted is a legendary player and coach yes uh he's got a lot of interesting stories he just came out with a book the boys told me about it i'm gonna have brandon on my pod next week i just had jordan and i'm going down to chapters as we speak to get a copy of Ted Nolan's new book, I think you should, you should check it out. I've heard great things. Well, we I read it. Actually, we had Ted on the show. 
uh, about a oh, month nice. ago. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. That. yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Ted is, uh, is very interesting. He, you know, pretty, uh, pretty spiritual stuff about, uh, you know, just importance for him and, and his journey. Talked pretty openly about some things and, and definitely didn't love the, uh, uh, the the false rumor that had been spread about him when he was coaching. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting stuff for sure. I like the book. It's a good read. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Thanks, guys, for having me. Thank you, Connor. Thank you, JG. Thank you, Edmonton. See you guys in just a few days. There you go. That's uh, Terry Ryan, our Monday and Thursday co-host. Uh, when we come back, Mark Spector, the uh, the traveling man, is uh, back in town. And, uh, hey, you know what? Imagine had the orders won 7-4 last night. <laughs> That would have been awesome for Spec. Oh, my God. We were, de- we were cheering for that score in the press box just for some fun laughs. Uh, we'll talk to Spec when we return after Conman Sports 1440 update brought to you by Edmonton Kubota. And you know it's coming, so they're telling you just plan ahead, okay? Get to all your snow removal equipment that they need. They got top of the line and all the accessories to relieve your stress of snow removal at EdmontonKubota.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 